podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Monday's Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. Much like the winners column of the Scottish football, there are no jambos here today. <laughs> Instead, I am joined I'm Graham Thillis and I'm joined by Craig Anderson. Hello. Also a winner. Yeah. And Andy Harrow. Hello. Also a winner. So we've got three winners today on today's Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. Um, I, I presume everyone is well everyone is keeping well we all skipped in to record this today <laughs> uh, it must be a, given the amount of jambos that we do have on the podcast mm. it must be a rare occasion that, that we've got everyone's team won um, mm. because when was the last time they won a game of football and it's funny as well that with the number of jambos on this podcast that on a Monday after Hearts have been absolutely terrible for the hundredth week in a row there's no jambos available interesting it's isn't nice, it isn't it? it's, it's funny how it works like that isn't it <laughs> anyway along that note uh, we will start at Tynecastle, as the the glorious Steelmen bodied Hearts three uh, two in a game going on about five or six for Motherwell, with goals from Declan Gallagher, a wonder strike from uh, I almost I very almost called him Clarence Seedorf, <laughs> Sherman Seedorf, and then the winning goal from Jermaine Hilton. Uh, hearts are rotten, eh? Um, very bad. But you're even looking at the, I'm looking at the team that's in front of me. Okay, they've got players missing, but even on paper. It doesn't look like a good team. No, no. Uh, on, <laughs> on paper, it reminds me, in, in some ways, we've got some better players of like the sort of Hibs teams that would like stumble on towards like not quite getting relegated every season under Calderwood before uh, Fenlon and uh, Butcher finally pulled the trigger on them. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just looking at that and you're like, when, when you're having to, you know, folk like Jamie Brandon and Andy Irving in the team, it's not that they're necessarily awful players, but they're not Hearts players. Jamie Brandon. While I understand that Hearts have a, a real and a, a real and sort of good collection of young players going through at the moment, and players like Irving, we've seen in the past, we've seen Cochrane, we've seen a whole collection of guys, Hickey as well, playing just now, looks like a very good player. I don't, I've never seen anything at Brandon, which indicates that he'll be anything above a, a Stranraer player in, in, must, in two months, in two years' time. He must have made like. 25-30 appearances for Hearts finally he does keep popping up and you keep thinking oh, maybe he's going to do something they've tried him in midfield they've tried him right back quite a lot and um, right wing back all over the place and I think all over the place is appropriate for him actually he's not uh, he's not been able to pin it down and now maybe it could be like a Brad Mackay where you're like this guy is hopeless but yet he's m- somehow manages to carve out a niche when he drops down a level and look alright and you're like okay He's not quite as bad as he seemed at heart. So the expectation at bigger club, it's Kevin McCarty. So yeah, well, yeah. Um, no, I mean, you're he's still right. playing the championship. Well, that's true. I know. I know. That's true. Um, I mean, centre half. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, Craig's right about it in terms of that team. It, you look at it, and it is like a kind of team that would finish ninth or tenth most season, and they do have injuries. But that is absolutely Levine's team. Like that is his collection of players that he's brought together. That, you know. Then injuries play a part in it, obviously, in the fact that the team's as weak as that. But you know, McLean, Nick Piazzo, they were his two strikers that he brought in. Like, and they've been hopeless for. I mean, Nick Piazzo's certainly been very poor since halfway through last season. I'd say. Um, Mulroney, Whelan, Claire. Claire I really Claire don't was, like Claire. No, no, he was. He was seemed to be Levine's big project as well. And yeah. He seemed to put a lot of time and effort into bringing him in, a lot of time and effort into talking him up and. I still don't really know what he does. I, I don't know. I don't know what Sean Clare's best position is. I don't know what Sean Clare's best, best attribute is. Yeah, well, I don't, I didn't get they anymore. brought him in and he was number nine, and you're like, is he a striker? Yeah. And now he's changed to number eight, and he's like, well, he's definitely not a central midfielder, mm. as we've seen several times. And it's just, yeah, I feel, I feel like he is one of these guys. You, you you see them quite a lot, and you look at him and you go, you've got talent. But you can't quite work out quite, quite what, yeah, what, what, what way yeah, he actually yeah, use yeah, that talent, yeah. and maybe they eventually will. But it's not like he's like nineteen or something. Like he's in his early to mid twenties. He's not like a child. If I click on him, he'll tell you he's twenty. <laughs> he's twenty two. Um, There's a whole collection of moments in this in this game as well, which 
highlight first and foremost where Motherwell are um, and where Hearts are. And it seems like there's a whole lot of very good uh, sort of examples in terms of the mess the Hearts are in and how well prepared Motherwell are at the moment. I'm not getting carried away with the Motherwell team as it is. They were very, very good. Um, From the off, I watched bits and pieces on Wise Scouts. I was trying to pick up particular things. Watching watching the particular Colin Doyle's distribution, which is Hearts, whatever possession, whatever percentage of possession Hearts had during the game, I reckon about 85% of that was Colin Doyle. Because Motherwell just kept pushing it back, pushing it back and pushing it back. They spent the entire game isolating Christoph Berra and Colin Doyle on the ball. I'm a bit lost as to how Doyle's ended up being number one. Um, Slamel has his moments, but I would say is at a more consistent level. Um, his clangers are probably equally as bad, even, but Doyle just, I don't really understand. <laughs> I think that Zamal feels like Levine just trying anything now to, to get a performance. You know, Zamal's had a few high-profile gaffes and he doesn't necessarily give the half the most confidence. He's a really good shot stopper most of the time, but, you know, he, he does make mistakes on a, a basis too regularly for somebody who you want as your first-choice goalkeeper. And, well, Doyle isn't any better. It's just a kind of throw the dice. It's, just, it's got to be somebody, point. yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, as an example, again, the first of the perfect examples I thought was the, the first Motherwell goal, which saw eight Hearts players within the six yard box and Declan Gallagher getting an unopposed free header. And it is, as, as bad as that is, I thought it was really well worked by Motherwell. The movement from Scott stepping away from McLean onto Berra completely manages to befuddle two of the most mm-hmm. experienced players in the, in the Scottish top flight in Berra and McLean. Which allows Gallagher to just, who was marked by Sean Clare again. <laughs> we can, I think, we can highlight that his his main attribute is not marking people at corners. You think? You think it, even if Craig Levine hasn't done his homework properly, uh, big Craig Halkett is going to be like, yeah. by the way, boys, uh, Gallagher <laughs> I played for him last season. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I can mark him. He's got something about him, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but Gallagher absolutely thundered ahead header in for his first Motherwell goal. Um, following on from this as well, uh, the second goal you've got Ekpiazu playing a, a beautiful through ball to Sherman Seedorf, um, who came on to it and hit probably about the hardest strike of a ball I've seen this season, I think. Yeah, it's, it's aesthetically very pleasing. Every bit of it, yeah. every particularly Colin Doyle, like getting up really, like staying on the ground way too long, but then getting up really quickly because he thinks it's hit the bar and it's going to come back out <laughs> and he's jumped around to try and get it. But he's already been in the ground for what looks like about a minute by the time yeah. he gets back up. Yeah, that um, Dobby goal against Aberdeen last year in oh, the yeah. cup, that's yeah, yeah. the kind of only equivalent I can think of that was hit with such... Venom. Pace. Yeah, Venom's the one. Um, yeah, Seedorf is... I think he'll be up well like that. that. That's the impression I've got from what I've seen from him so far. He'll have whole games where he doesn't show up and then he'll have moments like that and you'll, you'll watch him and think, oh, you should be you should be moving on, you should be playing at a higher level and... I think I saw someone um, on the Motherwell forum. Pat and Bob today yeah, describing yeah. him as, as, as peak Lionel Ainsworth yeah. slash Chris Humphrey yeah. and uh, Jermaine Hilton as peak Henry Koyama because both of those goals are absolutely Stuart McCall's Motherwell of like uh, Ainsworth and, and Humphrey scored very similar goals against Dundee United from just about the same point on the park uh, on the opposite side um, as they're right-footed. And then Sadoff did that again. That was the first thing that popped into my mind because, again, very aesthetically pleasing goals thundering at the top of the net. No, I was going to say, what's your feeling on Sadoff? Is it kind of that he will just be a bit of a okay, some good sometimes and kind of not others? Because to be honest, like yeah, there's a history of people with famous names yes. doing absolutely nothing. So I had next to no expectations from this season. There seems to be. For the moment, surpassing them a bit. Yeah, I think I think the fact that he is at the level he was to where he is now, I would say he's way ahead of where anyone, or where certainly where I anticipated he would be. Motherwell seem quite good at identifying players with attributes that they think they can mould within a system within well within the team, and we've seen that over a significant or throughout Robinson's reign as manager. Um, Charlie Dunn's the best example of that, and that he came in after best part of a th- over a year out of the game but you can't teach big and you can't teach fast mm. fine we'll teach you everything else in order to get yourself through a game and I think Sadoff and Hilton in that in that sense play into that as well and that Sadoff is so ludicrously quick um, 
you can't. That's that's a, that's an attribute you can't make a player faster, but you can make him a better footballer once the, you've the got. The Russians will disagree, Graham. The Russians may disagree <laughs> with you. Uh, I wouldn't, however, because I like opening my front door um, with my own hands. Um, as I said, Motherwell spent a lot of time isolating better um, as well. There was points where it was um, two of the Motherwell three just cutting off bet, cutting off Halkett because he's significantly better on the ball than Berra and Berra just looks broken and mm. we've kind of done this on the podcast week to week at this point at this moment in time but I, what I enjoyed most of all is that Motherwell front three by the time they came off um, all three of them were substituted the Hearts back four just looked like they just wanted off like just didn't want just didn't want to play anymore they'd had enough of this game I'm done with this and then Motherwell brought in three more <laughs> Fast, fast units to go and run at them for the last half an hour, and that's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm fully on board with that as well. Alan Campbell again was outstanding, um, and Liam Donnelly. I think, despite the fact that he stopped scoring goals in this game, he I think had his had his best game for us. Um, in the other in the other games, he scored and he's looked fine. But as a as a central midfielder, he looked an awful lot more like a central midfielder mm-hmm. in the sort of role that he should be in in that game. Um, I also like that we kicked the fuck out of people as well. <laughs> I think Robinson like has really grown on me in terms of just what he gets out of players. He reminds me a lot of Eddie Howe. Yeah. Like there's, I don't know, there's something about his, his um, kind of stature and everything about him and his team's playing in quite a similar way and how, as you've, you've talked about a lot, um, Robinson kind of having his issues and having to um, change how he set things up and really have a kind of re-evaluation of, of what he did and the fact that he was able to do that Successfully, and not just stick to yeah. It's um, not it's not a rigid principle. Yeah, the yeah, opposite yeah. end. Um, I I have a feeling that there will be a big job will come up for for Robinson in England, maybe maybe in the coming year because what he's done is really impressive in terms of moulding a group of good players into into a really exciting team to watch yeah. as well. You, you know, you're going to get generally entertainment when Motherwell. This, this is this the third team he's had to build as well, and every time it's making players better. And selling players for money. Uh, there was chatter today about a whole. There's nine clubs tracking James Scott. The guy's played like less than what twenty games or something like that as well. And that's very much a case of we we rate him. We've given him a contract. We're playing him, figuring out that playing him as a centre forward is not really going to work for him. So we'll play him on the left hand side because he's got good feet and he is quick. So he can learn how to play there as well, and he can learn how to play against men rather than and play against fullbacks as opposed to playing against big centre halves and just everything that we're doing is, is working well for us at the moment. I don't ex- I don't anticipate that'll last forever. What I was going to say because the, the the front three or the kind of attacking players that you've got that's the if you're looking at it on paper that's maybe the area where you're like they've got a bit of a weakness there. Some of these players I don't know much about or some of them you can see being patchy but the fact that he is getting that at the, the time being in, in when it's a team like Motherwell you can only expect it to be consistent really for a yeah. for a, a period of time it's not up, last up, up till Christmas yes, until yes. people figure it out yeah but um, but again he's shown that he can change things up if, if teams do figure it out but with Robinson one of the <clears throat> the big things is that he, he wins results he wins games that they should win so that game at the weekend yeah. you know he should be beating Hearts given how Hearts are playing and they did it comfortably. They won the last three in a row and they were all games where you think they are the form team and they've gone out and shown it and he's, he's kind of done that over his time at Motherwell that, barring that kind of dip that he had. Yeah, at the start, yeah during yeah, the start of last, last season. season. And again, yeah. the difference between the start of last season and the start of this season is notable. And again, as I've said various times as well, he's learning from mistakes that he has made and that's yeah. that's all, from a manager at that level, that's all we can really ask from him. Uh, so, Kilmarnock to Hibernian nil. Um, that's, it's good that uh, Hibernian have been both on the end of and part of the two most shaggable passes of the season so far. <laughs> a, a, a long, ambitious punt, I believe, is, uh, <laughs> is what it was described as. Um, yeah, it was, it was a funny game. Um and I, I enjoyed your message into the group chat, which was along the lines of, uh, I can't decide whether we're brilliant or a mess. Yeah, it yeah. could be either of these yeah, things at this like, point. It's just, it's just you're trying to judge, you've obviously got a new team, and you're trying to judge, are we good, are we not good? And since the Connors Key game, which was, was a shambles, um, I've never, I've not seen anything from us that's made me go, oh, this is really a worry. However, we'd really been struggling to create stuff. Um, but 
there were starting to be little shoots on in the Aberdeen game. Um, there's a couple of things, not much. Um, obviously, we won last week. Although it was uh, two weeks ago, it was scrappy, and then. Saturday, they're starting to create more. They're starting to get more comfortable in the system. Um, there are, I mean, there are changes. The fullbacks are playing much higher up the park. Um, Hammerlein is obviously a much more attacking option than Taylor uh, was. Um, El McCreamy starting to settle in. He, he was fantastic. He was my man in the match on on Saturday, and so you're starting to see a team come together. But it's punctuated by these moments where we didn't look quite as rigid. Moments where passes were going astray. And this was on the first half, but the second half they just thought um, they were fantastic. Came out flying and, and thoroughly deserved the win, helped by Hibs being humpty. <laughs> Is uh, so it was something which uh, I know you'd highlighted in terms of com- the way Kilmarnock's play is similar to last year and they're growing into it. And it was something that um, uh, Cunning Colin on Twitter had highlighted as well, and that Hibs to test or that Kilmarnock's stats weren't alarming in any way at all. But they were just kind of lacking something, as you'd highlighted, and as, as he highlighted, lacking something in creating chances. Is Liam Miller now stepping in to fill the void that Jordan Jones has kind of left in it as, as a yeah. wide player? It was funny, Miller, I thought, um, for 60 minutes, well, 55 minutes on Saturday was. was it's pretty, really specific. Oh, well, no, I was thinking 60 minutes when I was like, he actually scored in 55, 56. So, say for the first 55 <laughs> minutes, was really quiet, and I was starting to, I was thinking, if we're going to make a sub here and we're going to bring on an Osman So or uh, Harvey St. Clair or, or, or Dom Thomas, um, <laughs> then it's probably going to be Miller who's going to be the one who's going to go. Um, then he got the goal and he got the wee boost from that and he, and he is very much a confidence player because when he does get on the ball and he's flying, he's a nightmare to play against. He's so quick and he's very, because of where he comes from, because he's kind of got that Liverpool schooling and all that and he's also quite clearly a kind of he thinks about his football and he's quite mature for, for a teenager or a 19, 20-year-old. He's a very good player to have in your team in that situation because there's times where he'll, he'll be on a counter-attack and he'll just put his foot in the ball and not just always make the direct drive. And so there's just a lot to admire about him as a player. Um, he's not he's not having the impact Jones had you know, a year, 18 months ago yet, but you can see that potential in him. Um that's the one thing that's missing. I think from the midfield three, Power Dicker, El McCreaney, they are still very similar. El McCreaney's been asked to play the more advanced role, but with that constantly being asked to win the ball back, I lost count of the amount of times he won the ball back. It was the most obvious part of his game. Constantly making interceptions, constantly getting his foot in, constantly reading the game so well. But then your problem is he's your advanced midfielder. He's got Rory McKenzie on his right, your best well in the world, Rory McKenzie's not the most creative. Brophy is run, running a lone furrow up front, he's not very creative. So you, you're very much putting so much reliance on Miller, but this time the fullbacks are getting into much more. And Hammerlining, I think, is um, just a, a fantastic player to watch. He, he plays left back like a winger. Like... He'll come aggressively fit. Yeah, and he'll, 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 so he's, I had not necessarily that high hopes for him when he came in. I thought he was going to be cover, um, you know, he'd maybe get a game here and there. But since I watched him, I'm like, he's, he's definitely my type of player. So the one thing I've, I've noticed from Alessio, every single player he's brought in that's played, yeah. he's been very good. Del Fabro strolled another game. Um, Look, he was very unfortunate not to get on yeah, the score sheet as well. Um, and it was funny when we scored the first goal, um, the players were kind of all gathered together and Del Fabro was the one turning around to the crowd like trying to do a big... Uh, and it's so... Yeah, and Brunescu, who I had major doubts about having watched... Um, I, I've got on my notes, Jim Halls to the Scottish Premiership and maybe he's all right. Yeah, he's been uh, <laughs> he's been pretty good and he's um, he's a big boy, which helps. Yeah. Um, he fills up the goal a lot. So lots to be positive about with the asterisk yeah. that Hibs were really, really Just good. Just one final thing as well. I really liked El McCreaney's goal. The touch that he takes just to step it and step over the ball and just move at that that few inches just so he can get the proper strike on it I really really it was a guy who despite playing a handful of games from Kilmar- for Kilmarnock just arriving here just just absolutely reaped a confidence yeah. just like I am so comfortable right here and I think there might be a good bit more to come from him as well Um Someone that there might be less to come from. Um, Melker Halberg is perhaps not the tough tackling hard grafter that Hibs really <laughs> yeah. wanted him to be. Yeah. 
No, I mean he scored a good goal, which was ruled out correctly. But yeah, I mean that that's been their their problem the whole way through the season so far is that Omiyonga is missing and they've not really brought anyone in. They've tried to you know fill it with a couple of different types of player because he did so much as one person and they've tried to kind of put in like Savella, um, Holberg now and then see if Malin or Allen can pick up any of that as well. But they just can't, you know, the, the, the amount of turf that he covered last season, um, the amount of work that he put in defensively and then helped kind of launch attacks as well. They just, they're so static that midfield, and the thing is they've been static right from the start of the season. And certainly the shape of Holbury doesn't look like he's going to be a kind of the guy that's going to change that at all. He, he was fine. I, I, of the Hibs players, he was certainly by far not the worst. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I've been hogging with Yeah. <laughs> It just it just wasn't working out because he wasn't doing what he wanted to do. Like both the Hibs fullbacks were playing really high up the park as well. Naismith was, as you saw for the Miller goal, Naismith was nowhere, yeah. which was why O'Donnell had that space to pass it into. Um, Stevenson was very much the same on the other side, and so you can see what he was trying to do, and he's trying to get Horgan, Allen, Malin, or when narrow in the middle of the park where they can hurt you. I'm such sure Camperi's a striker if you want to play like that and, and Doidge is certainly not a striker if you want to play like anything um, so there's just a lot to a lot to worry about and it, and it was very not immediately but the end very reminiscent of the day the floodlights kept going out um, when <laughs> when we beat Neil Lennon sent out the team with like all the defenders in no shape and Kelly beat them 3-0 and by the end they just packed in they just given up and Saturday again they just they just chucked it and it must be a real worry for um, Hecky. <laughs> it might not be his to worry about too much longer. I mean, maybe up to the weekend, I guess. But the you, you look at that team though, and you just think there's not one element of it that is a success. Like not a single part of the defence have been poor. They've been caps of Wickers obviously been dreadful. Naismith came in and didn't actually do any better really uh, at the weekend. Hanlon's had a poor start to the season. We've talked about the midfield. Horgan's kind of done it in fits and starts, but again, it has been fits and starts. Alan, uh, I think Alan and Malin, I mean, that's not a, they're not working at the moment. And Camberry, uh, at the moment, I'd, I mean, I, I would if I was Hibs at the moment, you would kind of cut your losses on him. I mean, they've only got bloody holy show in the, the bench. So they're, <laughs> they're, they're just, they're, you know, you look at those players on paper and you think, oh, they've got quite a decent bunch of players there. But actually, when you kind of drill into it, there's, they're a real mess. They're, they're, they're better on paper than that Hearts team uh, we saw at the weekend. But there's, there's at least a bit of variation in the players that yeah. Hibs have. They yeah. are. What I found odd was in Hecky's post-match press conference, saying that they need to work hard on the training ground. Like, well, yeah, that's always true, because everyone can always work hard on the training ground, but fundamentally the player that you need, which is the ball-winning mm-hmm. central midfielder, of which Kilmarnock have three who are all better than every one of yours. You've got a fourth one on the bench, right? Exactly, yeah. Hey. You don't have that player, and that's it doesn't matter how hard you work or whatever else. If you fundamentally don't have a player that can do that, you're then asking someone else to do it, which is going to take time because you're going to have to develop into that or alternatively you're just not, you don't have that body that was what his post-match would have worried me a lot if I was a Hibs fan and the fact that he said they controlled the game because he can't possibly believe that because <laughs> they didn't they, they, they were they were not awful in the first mm-hmm. half but they were probably yeah, a better Al- team but Alan, Alan Preston uh, I think it was him whoever was at the game couldn't believe that uh, Kelly won it <laughs> which uh, seemed a bit mad given that the, the Hibs didn't really have a chance no, at the, thing uh, in the second half but I think yeah, it was. Um, there, there seemed to be lots of people at the game who had some strange takes on it, but I, I think there wasn't a Kelly fan left that game. What anything it? other than delighted with the yeah. performance? It wasn't. There was no sense in which it was a smash and grab in any way. Yeah. It could have easily finished now, now, but it was. I don't think. I don't think were really. Yeah. As I say, Brunescu made two saves and they were both from long range, so there wasn't like some sense of. 
impending doom. Mm-hmm. Just just before we move on to the rest of the games, um, come the next Monday, um, who's still on a job, Hickey or Specky? <laughs> Both. Yeah, I think I, I think Levino's still got a job. Yeah, I don't. I think Heckenbottom they might if. I think Heckenbottom will probably go because Hibs are less tied to Heckenbottom. There's all this complication with Levine and his role as director of football and that kind of stuff. He'll turn it on to at least middle of the week or something. Like, I, I don't <laughs> think. I think come on, I don't think there'll be a knee-jerk and it's not really knee-jerk but I don't think there'll be what Hearts feel as a knee-jerk reaction if uh, if results. No, and then they've got. I mean, the fact that there's new owners coming makes it much easier to make yeah. that call of like this isn't our guy. He's. Since that run when he, he beat all the junk in the league game and everyone was raving about him, he's really done nothing. He's he's pretty much lost to every half decent team he's come up against. Um, I think they they barely won a game after the split. Did they beat um, they beat Hearts after the split and that was it? Yeah, that's right. And then they've they've carried that on where they left off at the start of this season. So they're, I'm I'm aware I'm saying this again ahead of them. Obviously, coming to Rugby yeah. Park and putting us out of the cup in next <laughs> week, but um, they are not in a good place. Okay, so we will move on to Ibrox, which saw possibly the most predictable injury of all time. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was uh, not the best of debuts for Ryan Kent, but yeah, two, uh, two wingers in two weeks in that vicious grass pit. <laughs> grass pitches must be stopped. They are bringing down people left, right, and centre at the moment. Um, yeah, uh, what in the end? Sounds like a fairly routine win for Rangers, but could again go down as a, as a potentially big result for Rangers. Um, started off with a, an absolutely smashing penalty from Stephen Wallace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it was it was brilliant. It's one of those kind of perfect ones. It was right in the corner. Even if the keeper had gone the right way, he wasn't saving it anyway. And Livingston were were decent. I think you know it's a good win for Rangers on the basis that Livingston have had a good start to the season. They kind of know again how they're. Playing, they did create some chances, and uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, for Livingston, it doesn't really matter. It was in a sense a wee bit of a, a free hit because they've had such a, a decent start to the season. But aye, uh, you know, they'd, they'd be disappointed with the goals, given that the first one they conceded was a free kick that didn't touch anyone who went in. They are, but they are for me the single most infuriating type of goals to concede yeah. of all. All, conceding all goals is in one way or another frustrating. Free kicks from out on the edge of the box where it's just been slung in there vaguely in the direction of goal and nobody touching it goes in for me. Mainly because I saw Graham Smith concede about 400 of them over the course of various seasons. Jamie McDonald was bad at that last season but Tavernier, to be fair to him, has a knack of, of scoring those and the reason is that he's, he's set piece deliveries. Yeah, I mean, so it was the them in that they, area every time. Yeah, and the pace on it kind of means that the keeper's Somebody, yeah. almost doesn't have time to like make a decision on it. Like it's kind of gone past him before he's before he knows. Um, but for Rangers, it's it's funny because they they had a big game coming up on Thursday, so you do wonder where their heads were in relation to that. There was it was a very odd situation for both them and Celtic this weekend in the sense that they both do need to win all the league games, but they are also very love run in Europe. And so I think you're yeah, just getting through the game with a win when it looked at points, you know, at 1-0 down, they're panicking. And then even at 1-1, Livy had decent chances. And so even and, and the game was pretty much still alive until the very yeah. last minute. It, it, um, not quite the last minute, but um, so just getting the win is what matters to them. And, and it, it's Morelos again that gets a crucial goal, which he, he seems to do very often. Um, he looked raging about this one as well. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's just a he's just a funny guy, isn't he? But he misses a lot of chances, but he also scores a lot of chances, and that's what you want for your centre forward. And big moment. Okay, it's, it's Livingston at home, but it's a big moment in terms of not they can't fall five points behind. Ten, ten, yeah. ten games out of eleven, Morelos is going to get plenty of chances yeah. to finish. Yeah. I, one of my favourite things about Morelos is the way he rolls defenders are really he did it for a couple of chances in the in the weekend and he, he does have that big bum that kind of means that he can keep the ball away from defenders but but I really I, I don't know there's something about uh, um, about doing that that I really like and, he, and he's he's especially good at it, kind of rolling defenders and kind of making you know his close control is good enough that he can get a shot in once he's done it as well um, yeah yeah uh, 
And um, oh, again, that Livingston will be a region to consider goal like that, where he's just completely left unmarked. Yeah. He's like, okay, he's not massive, but he's always going to be a threat. He's, uh, he's got to be. He's got to be the first thought in your mind yeah. at all the times you would imagine. And they left him; he wasn't even picked up by anyone. I have to say, I would. I reckon you could ask Gary Holt to manage just about anything. Like you put him in any, put him, in, put him as a call centre manager and productivity will go up by about forty percent mm. after three weeks. Especially if you get Martindale as your as assistant. Correct. After his uh, after his ter- I mean after his terrifying visit to the hospital, um, where it, apparently his body yeah, was geez, falling yeah. apart. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was actually kind of. It was, it was terrifying. It was, it was so it. cheery about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they told him. Uh, it was 145,000 <laughs> for a normal person's 50. And he thought, he presumed it was, oh, 50,000. No, no, 50. Like, <laughs> your, your blood is essentially is a, essentially fizzy water at this yeah. point. He's, like, he's settling the right job for uh, somebody with ridiculously high blood pressure as well. He was, and again, he just seems so chipper about yeah, it. He's yeah, like, yeah, ah, well, yeah. I got a wee fright, but yeah. these things happen I mean, that I, your blood turns into red colour. <laughs> I mean, that does kind of sum up Hartley, Hartley whole, uh, through his time at uh, Livingston. Like, he's not really, despite things going wrong, he's, he's not really seemed flappable. He seemed like sort of a decent presence around the place. Uh, and he's, yeah, yeah, he's, he, he's like one of these kind of very inoffensive managers in well, the I league. Think, like I think he, he obviously, like, he, he was like in the army and stuff, yeah. so there's probably a sense of like, this is not quite Relatively, this is not a lot of Probably not, it's but quite he's, as stressful like, getting shelled by yeah. Iraqis. <laughs> but again, he's, he's posted by his press, he's like, I'm really pleased with them. I told them to go toe-to-toe and they went toe-to-toe and they absolutely yeah, did. Yeah. And you see, but, uh, throughout, the, throughout the, the afternoon, None of the Levy players looked in the in the slightest bit sort of overawed or, or concerned by the whole thing. Okay, yeah, we back ourselves, and again, we, we, I feel like we do this every week. But there's a collection of guys there that are playing at a higher level than they ever have done, probably at a higher level than they ever potentially will as well. If you look at the, the managers and the kind of teams who are, I, I won't say the the bottom six teams because Livingston very well could not be, yeah. but the teams who have the kind of bottom six budgets, and you you've got guys like whole Goodwin. Kettlewell where you know those players are going to run through brick walls for them because of the type of characters they are and yeah that that can be the difference because there are other teams in the league where I think they struggle to get players to run through walls of money where they can collect (laughs) that as they run through great metaphors but um, I I wonder though given Dykes went off he's actually turned out to be sort of I I, I grudgingly quite like Dykes he's a bit of a shite bag but I, I grudgingly quite like him. It's that, big, it's that big grin that yeah, he's got while he does it. A lot like Gary Hooper. I've just noticed this. He's got a very Gary Hooper face. But I wonder, I mean, it's, it was two bookies, wasn't it? So I, I, I game out, yeah. but they've got, uh, who have they got next actually? Um, Aberdeen at home. So that's the one place they're, they're not particularly deep in is, is centre forward and as I say Dykes is kind of just, started to just play Scott Robinson yeah, there yeah, so yeah, so I, leave him off even out yeah. Scott Robinson will, will start at centre forward against yeah, Aberdeen uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll go to the Highlands uh, where we saw possibly the least surprising thing of the weekend as Ross Laidlaw chucked one in mm. Oh, it was a, it was it was low quality. It was, uh, <laughs> the, that that's like like as mistakes go. It's like you know how you have sometimes you have a goalkeeper in a fit. So the um, Colin Doyle won against Motherwell last season. Yeah. Where you can see, okay, yeah, that's a, a big that's thing. a big mistake. But you can kind of see that why a goalkeeper yeah, right, can see the goal like yeah. that. This ball was trickling towards <laughs> him at like a snail's yeah. pace. How have you possibly not got your body yeah. behind that? It's uh, yeah, it, it sums up what Russell Lee thought. He's not his concentration's not really there for a goalkeeper, which is a bit of a, a bit of a flaw. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he just he just tones it. He's yeah, just absolutely <laughs> yeah. But it was one of those ones where the, the three of us could have comfortably <laughs> yeah. picked that up. It was it was so poor and but fair play to him. He, I mean, I'm sure he's a lovely guy, so I kind of feel bad about digging him out every time I want. But at some point. Surely they're going to be like, we've got to get another How have Ross County got Jack themselves? Woody? Yeah, but... <laughs> how, have, how have they got themselves into this situation? Okay, they brought the boy in from Chelsea who immediately got injured. Mm. You've got promoted, you've you've got a bit of money uh, behind you, you're able to bring in players in other positions. 
How have you got yourself into the position where Ross Lee was starting the season as your number one? Mm. And how are you still winning games in spite of that? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a bit of an odd one there. I mean, it was a, a wonderfully big, lumpy finish from big, lumpy Ross Stewart as well, which made me really happy again. Yeah. I, I, actually, like I, I really like Ross yeah, Stewart as well. A big, just a big thump of yeah. a boy. It's especially, I mean, obviously against the Miriam, considering the... Yeah. didn't fancy him when they got promoted mm. last year so that'll have been a big goal for him yeah. in terms of I mean okay they, they, they did have good players when he was there like okay they, they disappeared very quickly so he kind of didn't fit in in some ways when he did sign there which is why he went to Alwa in the first place but then when he got promoted and Stubbs cleared everyone else out he just thought they might have gone give this guy a go but they, they didn't and they, and they obviously moved on to County and yeah he's, he's becoming a real dangerous striker and, and given the kind of background he has he's what, still only 23 he's been playing he was playing start out junior football and he's kind of worked his way up through through Albion Rovers through St Mirren I mean St Mirren temporarily mm. played at Alloa he's got that upward trajectory where he's one of these guys where you think what is his limit you don't know yeah I've, I've, I've no I've no concept as to, as to how good how good he can yeah. be um, and as you say, there, there are elements of his game which are a bit rough and ready, but who gives a shit? Really, just don't care. Yeah, I, I would say he, he looks very much like a kind of lower level championship kind of league one striker, and that he's kind of big and lanky. He, he, he doesn't look, you know, like Lyndon Dykes came from championship, but had a bit more of an obvious physicality about him. Um, his and, ta- t- and, and tattoos and a yeah, tan. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Whereas this kind of gawky teenager type guy, uh, Ross Stewart, looks like, you kind of think, uh, he, he looks like the type of guy you maybe chuck him with 10 minutes yeah. left a few times this season. But um, fair play, I mean, he's, he's been great and some of his finishes have been great. The, the one thing that he's maybe not been able to do yet is um, make a difference away from home. So yeah. at home, I think he scored in the three league games, but he's not yeah. scored away from home. And, it's maybe it's maybe away games where he's going to struggle a bit more because he doesn't. Uh, there's a bit more kind of work to do. He needs to do kind of the job of two people almost, and he's maybe not quite got that level of. He's not learned that yet, basically. But when he's playing in a kind of front two and he can go up one on one with centre forwards, he's he's fine. I'm still not entirely sure I understand how Ross County win these games. Um, because the, the the team that they are putting out is a very brave midfield, and I, I feel like I say this every week, but again, a, a midfield of Ewan Henderson, Ian Vigers, Harry Payton, and Michael Gardine, which saw Chalmers replace Vigers as well very quick early on. Like, there's just not an awful lot of scrapping in that in that midfield. And again, to be fair, the St Mirren midfield is kind of similar in that respect as well. So just two teams going at it. I had a question for for you, Craig, as well, in terms of the sort of late flag yeah. for the um, Obika goal that was chalked off. Is it is that a refereeing decision in terms of, has that been a, a decision to hold off on putting flags up? Well, or? I don't think it's a hold off. It's more like the assistant doesn't know... I'm, I'm trying to think of what the... There basically needs to be that communication of maybe my guess is the assistant doesn't see that Obika gets a touch okay. to put the ball in the net. So it's that case where he's Comment. having asked the ref, did the did Obika touch it? And then when the ref tells him I did, he's like, okay, then it's offside. And it, and it was it was stupidity from Obika. You can understand why a player. It's, 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 it's really really poor. His first goal and all yeah. that, but that ball's going in the net. You do not need to go anywhere near it. It's really poor game awareness um, from him. And it just. Just leave it. Yeah. Just leave um, it. And okay, it was it was borderline, but ultimately, it, it could it may well have been just on or just off. It was a tight decision, um, and it was it was good a good work from the officials in terms of actually having the discussion and making the decision. It's kind of what you want to see from them, not just uh, of um, we won't yeah, straight up, yeah, we won't yeah. discuss this. And um, so yeah, I guess you could understand that decision. Um, it was interesting I think it says a lot about Ross County and it says a lot about their attitude I think actually last season as well of how they won the game which was yeah, yeah. you've got your full back <laughs> Michael Fraser <laughs> yeah. uh, just, just uh, 
Two minutes to go. Yeah, of course. Yeah, six yards out. Yeah, it wasn't like he was coming in from the back post. No, no, no. It was just the ball was out in the wing. And it was certainly a shame to see Kirk Broadfoot being thrown up. Yeah, I mean, was what happens in St Mirren training? Do you think do they track men in St Mirren training? Do they work on? If they're not a wee bit of shape, they might not have conceded that goal. There we go. That's exactly what we're looking for. Just and as as we said a few times. Jim Goodwin asked us to judge St Mirren not after the first three games but after the next three so we'll do that next week um, Aberdeen won St Johnston won which looked like the world's most athletic pub game I've ever seen oh, that, that uh, first goal Ryan Hedges God. <laughs> the, every the, aspect of it the balance in terms of the quality of the finish with what preceded the quality of the finish was honestly, it was like watching like a, it was like watching a kid's birthday party play football. <laughs> so did you think it was a good quality finish? I thought that, it was a good finish from I Hedges. Thought he, I thought he like swung a foot. I thought it was. Like, I, I thought Hedges had taken taken his time and put in a good finish, but every touch before that was bad. Yeah. Like the previous like fifteen twenty so, touches. If I'm remembering it correctly, it started with um, Bryson on the edge of the box. It looked like really, they were playing on a trampoline, having like a really weak shot, and then it got cleared, and then it bounced in and back out, and it's like. These these two teams finished like what fourth and fourth and seventh yeah. last season. Yeah. You're not talking about like oh oh. Uh, they, they, they they finished fourth and seventh in like the Lanarkshire Churches League, <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah. Hey, can I can I choose you the funk Aberdeen are in just now? Doesn't it? Like the, the despite the players that they, some of the players that they've got in there, there's just a complete lack of invention. That um, you know, McInnes was saying at the end that. Second half, they didn't create enough at all. The tempo was really low. And when you've, uh, yeah, you've got Hedges who's scored a few goals. You've got Bryson in there. You've got McGinn who's had a kind of poor season so far. Ferguson and then Cosgrove up front and bringing McLennan off the bench as well. You think there's, there's, it should be enough there, but it just, everything seems so stale for them. Cos, like Cosgrove just, looked like he was playing in a different postcode to the rest yeah. of the Aberdeen players. He was so, and again, it's not on him. There was nobody near him for big chunks of the game as well. He's, he's a player that's really, really starting to impress me a lot. Though Cosgrove, yeah. I think he'll, I think he'll go far. Actually, I was unsure of him, but even in that game where the rest of his team were were poor, there were moments where mm-hmm. this boy just. I think he's only got one goal from open play though, which yeah, is the only. Yeah. Which is the only thing. You're, you're right. But, he still but, looks decent, but the way Aberdeen are playing, I say they, yeah, they played, not, they played not, Kelly at Rugby Park two weeks ago, and I'm not surprised they couldn't score from open play because they literally got nowhere near them at any point. Um, yeah, they've got a few problems injury wise as well. Aberdeen, they've got Bryson, Ojo, and Gallagher all of injuries, so you're kind of starting to think they might have a few problems. I mean, it's it's weird not talking about Aberdeen as like somebody who's kind of competing. I mean, I know they're kind of up there, but they're about fourth in the league. But happened, it kind of seems strange. This all. happened at the start of last season as well when we were all writing mm. them off, and yeah. then they came flying back, yeah, and, and they uh, they should have probably ended up finishing above Kelly, um, but didn't. Um, but the, yeah, the, so I'm I'm reluctant to write them off because yeah, there are of parts to that squad. McInnes has been there and done it before and, and it, it does seem a bit different this year in the sense that there's just a lack of you don't see where the inspiration's coming from this time. I think I think it will have to be Ferguson and it may have to be another like McLean came in and gave them a spot last season. If it's him again mm-hmm. or if it's like another player of that ilk who just yeah. comes in and I know that they've got a, a couple of the young boys that are starting to kind of I think Anderson obviously was out in Dunfermline last season and they've, they've got a couple of these boys where like, maybe they're going to come in mm. and do something but it's a lot yeah. to ask. I think McLean has talked about making an impact this season so he obviously did well in the under-21s. Uh, it was against Gracious, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Um, and he's talked about coming in. It does feel a wee bit like this is a chance for a breakout year especially if McGinn continues yeah. to kind of flatter to deceive there's a chance in that you kind of feel like McInnes is willing to give him a shot if he can kind of prove it on a consistent basis so I think him certainly over Wright who's obviously now injured but McLean is the one that looks like you could see a player like a, a, a kind of sturdy player who would could be there for McInnes would trust more yeah, than anything yeah, else yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and to, to round off that game we had another crap goal yeah. um, as well <laughs> I think um, Joe Lewis has still got it in his head about the offside decision that they didn't get in the build-up and he's almost like you see this sometimes with a player like he, they just switch off a wee bit even though the game's going on mm. he's just almost like oh yeah it's almost like he's kind of sleepwalking yeah, he's like yeah, yeah. Ah, this is, it's almost like XVL's going to roll it out anyway it's like he's, <laughs> uh, he's sleepwalking and then all of a sudden he's dived over the top of the ball and 
it, it was a, yeah a, a, another rubbish yeah. goal, but um, I think I think St Johnston were, were worth a point from the well, game. This is yeah. what I was going to yeah. ask. And when do St Johnston results change? As there's there seems to be more optimism around St Johnston and the fact that they've got better. Still five games into the league, haven't won a game. They've had challenging fixtures in there, but and after the league cup group as well, which was yep, frankly awful. But they don't play relegation rivals Hearts until the end of October. <laughs> And while obviously there are no easy games, their next run of fixtures before they play Hearts is Rangers, Inform Motherwell, St Maranakis and County, which that's a def- that's a very you need to get something out of those games, otherwise you are in serious bother at that point. I'm not real massive. chance of ending up in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not massively concerned about them just now. I think. If you think about it, they kind of did the transfer business later than pretty much anyone else. So. I've just done some today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the fact that Holt's just relatively recently come in, Ralston's come in, May, I mean, for all the difference that'll make, May's come in. Just on another thing, I'm really disappointed May didn't take nine because just on the off chance St Johnston make it to the Scottish Cup final again because it would be May 9th oh, when right. last time it was May 17th I'm oh, really yeah. bo- it really bothers me that they didn't do I that I don't think there's any danger of that happening but I, I think you know the, the, you look at their team and it's a decent team it's a kind of okay put together team if O'Halloran's form picks up this season uh, you know he was disappointing last season him and Swanson and they came in Kennedy's decent Dre Wright kind of came on for the last 30 minutes I think there's enough there for St Johnston that I wouldn't be I wouldn't be massively worried but you're right there comes a point where if they have another couple of defeats or you know they don't win in the next couple of weeks the, the pressure kind of it's maybe just that kind of scoreboard pressure almost yeah. rather than yeah. the, the fact yeah. that they're the penalty decision was another one where the say a referee this was more a case of the referee making an arse of it and his linesman digging him out of a hole when <laughs> everyone else in the ground knew it wasn't a penalty um, especially because I mean like Matthew Kennedy is is a diver like he, he's done it several times that's that's one of his things he, he's done it since he was 17 and maybe saved you for Kelly like he's, he's a player who likes to dive and it was a baffling decision to give in the first place. So, yeah, it was strange to see Murray Davidson kind of seeming upset about it in yeah, the yeah. press today because it was like, it clearly wasn't a penalty. Well, I think Wright was more upset with the one on Davidson, but then you, to be honest, you can't really tell from the footage whether or not Cosgrove's bars him in the back or not. But, yeah. yeah. So that takes us to St. the. Johnson had missed it anyway. <laughs> it takes us to the, the most consistently dull television pick uh, Hamilton nil, Celtic oh. 1. Oh, man, this game was. Terrible. And there's always something about Hamilton Celtic games in the telly where you're like, I honestly, oh, I, I, at least appealing fixture. I think you could you can have I, every time know, it's Hamilton because Hamilton Rangers had some good games over yeah, the past yeah. few years. Hamilton on the telly generally has something about it, but just Hamilton Celtic every every time it's like, nah, no. The only no. one I ever remember being any good was the time Billy Reid the. kicked water bottles or bashed his head off the dugout or something oh, yeah. and drew one each. It was a midweek game and that was a bit. 12 years ago, yeah. so I'm uh, not sure we should be counting on that very often. No. Um, it, it was a terrible game, and I think I realised that the reason Hamilton, some other teams in the league can get near Celtic because they have some good quality footballers who on their day can play at Celtic's level. Hamilton don't, they build their team around that strong work ethic, etc. But the downside of that is they don't have any individual talent in the squad at all. Um, so they don't have, but I mean no, they yeah. don't have yeah. anyone no. who can I, I think Lewis missed the, the only kind of bright spot in the second half I think the first half he, he was uh, kind of overrun by Celtic Celtic kind of controlled that first half after the first five minutes without really doing anything but Hamilton didn't really get a touch the ball where in the second half you get you could see moments where he would kind of get on the ball and try to make something yeah. happen or Beck when he came on would try to make something happen so they don't have yeah they don't have yeah, a ball it's like but when they have those counter attacks even late in the game 10-15 minutes to go and Hamilton get on the ball and they're pushing into the midfield and at no point do you think one of these midfielders is going to cut somebody's going to break yeah, yeah. whereas if Mullerwell were playing they've got players that can hurt them even like someone like St Mirren even like a player like Dermis at St Mirren mm-hmm. not necessarily that brilliant but you're like well he can and unpick a defence yeah, yeah. there's just nothing in that Hamilton squad they're, they're all honest hard working yeah. players and that that will get them wins in other games but when you play Celtic it's just you've not got I mean it, the interesting thing after was that 
uh, Rice was saying that he was basically happy with it, like the, the last one now. Then he gets scudded. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean the, but it's true, I mean, it, Celtic in the first kind of five, ten minutes looked like they were going to put a barrel load past him. You know, so he kind of looked all right in his debut. Um, Christie was kind of getting a bit of space with Forrest, but in fairness to Hamilton, I mean, they kind of masked ranks at the back, but Edward didn't get a kind of sighted goal at all. He was really well marshaled the whole way through. Um, and it was the same when Bio came on. LUC kind of faded out the second half. Forrest was the only one who kind of occasionally looked like he might do something, but I, I guess if you're Hamilton, you've lost a goal after four minutes, you don't really have a lot of... I mean, you're, you're relying on kind of an 18, 19-year-old plus a couple of subs to, to do something... Yeah, I suppose you take it. it gives, at least it kind of gives them a bit of a template for how they maybe set up some other games. Well, defend, you know, you, you could get a nil nil against Celtic play, but yeah. just yeah. kind of beat them no, like that. No. Like. Um, on Celtic, um, how many games will Scott Brown play this season? All Is the them. answer all of I them? Know, yeah, fifty plus. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Well, like, why? I, sure, surely, surely, this is the game yeah. where you go. Yeah. Do you know what you're going to have to play on Thursday? Early kickoff on Saturday. Do you know, just mm. go and have a seat, sit yourself down, take a rest, whatever else. We've got four hundred central midfielders anyway. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, but well, would they have been any worse with Encham in there? Well, no. I mean, if you look at how well Encham played when he came on against Rangers, yes. he actually had a shout for being man the match in that yeah, game, having come on in park about yeah. half an hour, and uh, yeah, it's, it's strange. It, <laughs> I mean, I guess he's a captain and all yeah. that, and I mean, he'll want to play every week. And, and I'm not saying you have to do this every time, and but there's a, there's a lot of players in that team who have played an awful lot. McGregor's of, the same. Yeah, just they've, they've played a lot of football when perhaps they don't really need to. And I understand again, I understand the logic of if you're playing well, keep playing well, keep doing it. But you're just putting a lot of strain on a lot of bodies there. And Forrest Brown, McGregor. I are just back in as well. There was chatter about uh, Julian having a head knock well, again. Again, we've talked about. This, I think Craig talked about this previously, just saying that well, the Celtic doctor spent five minutes with him, and yeah, okay. I mean, to be fair, the Celtic doctor also spent five minutes with Dedrick Boyata, who didn't know what day it was. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's hard well. to tell, but it's yeah. just like I'm not going to judge it you're, from you. Are not a, the people who are commenting on it are not qualified well, medical uh, experts. Uh, in, in fairness, I suppose Lennon, because it was Lennon that said it was a blackout, I presume get told by the doctor that he had a brief blackout and then it feels like the PR machines kind of got in and kind of went, because obviously if he's got a concussion that has repercussions yeah. for further down the line that they've gone, that's it, no, he was fine, like you misspoke. Aye, it's the uh, kind of usual thing. But, but, you know, but, but in terms of the, with the players, it is that case. Like I think McGregor had played more minutes than any player in Europe last mm-hmm. year, and that that was something that, that Celtic were almost trying to be proud of. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, you play a lot of games, and because of your success and because you have to qualify early in Europe, so your lack of success in that respect. But um, the there is no need for Callum McGregor to be playing Scottish Cup games at home to Airdrie which I think he played and stuff like that like give the boy a break because you see it from some of his performances for Scotland he's just he just looks like he needs a break Yeah. and when you play the way he does with the energy that he does don't over mm, burn him out burn yeah, him yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 again okay, there's Hamilton you're going to win the game it'll be fine anyway thanks very much for listening uh, we are off to record the Patreon which I believe we're doing a lower league winners and losers given that Andy Sear and Ray Rovers won a game pretty well, so we thought we'd discuss that a little bit further. Um, you can subscribe to that by hitting uh, patreon.com slash terracepodcast on the internet. Um, the guys will be back on Thursday with some sort of show. Uh, the TV show that is inspired by this podcast starts again a week on Friday as well, so that will be back on BBC Scotland. Uh, so yeah, thanks very much, Craig. Thank you. Thanks very much, Andy. Thank you. Thank you, Graham. Podcast Network.